Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Melissa, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, I've been doing a lot of like reading and rewatching Harry Potter, which we just talked about for a little while off the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Um, How are you this week? I'm good. I had a good weekend and a good past week. I love that we're like getting deep into holiday season. People are starting to talk about holiday movies and decorations. Um, Yeah, this this is my favorite time of year. So I am, I'm doing great. Are you, I'm curious, because these are like polarizing opinions, I suppose, in the world, in the world. I don't know about us yet. Are you uh, don't put up Christmas or holiday decorations before Thanksgiving type of uh, person? No. You you don't care about putting decorations up? No, I say put them up whenever. If you honestly, if you want to be decorated for Christmas (laughs) year round, I think that's great. Like, it's my favorite season. So you do you. I, I hate these rules. I'm like, you have to take the tree down by January 6th. I'm like, why? Why January sixth, just... Renee? No, just kidding. Anyway, I think uh... <laughs> it's um, I think that's twelve days, not twelve days of Christmas, but there oh, is like is a it? an informal rule um that like Christmas tree goes down by January sixth. Gotcha. Maybe that's a British thing. We talked about it a lot in Jamaica, and we have a lot of English traditions, so maybe it's a British thing. But yeah, down by the by the sixth. But nice. I know. I'm not strict about that. <laughs> I'm not strict about holiday decorations either. Um, I do I do want to make sure fall kind of gets its moment, though, before we, like, completely <laughs> switch over to, like, winter wonderland. But my thing is, like, why – you're spending all this money and time, like, decorating your house. And I don't know why some of these, like, movies, you're not buying the tree until two days before Christmas. I'm yeah. like, what the heck? <laughs> like, you're going to do all this work for a day? Um, so I am also team Let's Holiday It Out. Also, culturally in the Philippines, they start celebrating Christmas in September. I don't know the so, rationale. I don't interesting. know. Well, there's not really much that they celebrate in between September and the holidays. Like, it's not like here where we have Halloween and Thanksgiving and so I think they're just, like, really gung-ho. And if you watch one of the, like, Anthony Bourdain TV episodes when he goes to the Philippines, they talk about why they celebrate Christmas so early, and he was, like, obsessed with it. So I'll have to try to dig up that episode. Ooh, so for me, I, I'm, like, used to it. I'm like, oh, heck yeah, let's go. Another incentive to go to the Philippines, just Christmas half the year. <laughs> I'm into that. I love that. Um, Okay. Well, Melissa, what are we talking about today? Ooh, we are talking about reinvention and reinventing yourself. And I think we've touched on this a lot and we've maybe have used like different words to talk about it, but as it relates to piloting and we think about living on autopilot and sort of like being in that daze, 
Um, many people, when they are in that phase, have to go through some sort of like evolution and they go through some sort of like reinvention. And that's sort of where they pivot and then start discovering their purpose. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to dig into it because um, I think this really mixes our love for all the subjects we talk about on this podcast and throwing in some celebrity stuff as well. Hint, hint. Ooh. Well, I wanted to start um, with a definition of reinvention. Um, reinvention, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is the act of producing something new based on something that already exists or the new thing that is produced. And I liked this definition. There were a couple I saw online, but I like that this one talks about it's producing something new based on something that already exists. Because when I think of reinvention, it's less about creating this brand new person out of thin air and just, you know, I decided I want to be this. And so I just adopted it kind of the way you see it in movies where someone just takes something that's their polar opposite and like reinvents themselves in this makeover sequence. I like this idea of like a true reinvention is really just bringing to life parts of yourself that are already there that maybe just haven't been in the spotlight or that haven't maybe been as dominant. And you're like, I want to show more of this. I want to express a little bit more of this side of myself, or I've always had these desires and these interests. And now I want to act on them. I want my, whether that's your clothing, your physical appearance, your mindset, the way you talk, you know, it's all about for me bringing to life things that are already there versus just flipping through a magazine and saying, make me that woman who Mm -hmm. is the complete opposite of me. (laughs) A hundred percent. I'm glad you shared that as well, because um, when I think of reinvention, you sort of think also about the like authenticity of it. And when we see people sort of like, oh, interesting. I never knew you were interested in that. And most of the time, I mean, I mean, I don't have any statistics on that, but I feel like it is tied to something that they were already interested in or had an interest in and just either like rediscovered it or made it a bigger slice of their pie. And so it's less about sort of becoming something that you're not, but becoming something or finally digging into that power and realizing like you have control over what you want to put out into the world. And then that's sort of like your reinvention. And so reinventing is not necessarily becoming something else. It's just sort of like refreshing or, and, or like discovering or just like redirecting um, your path. Yeah. I feel like it's just becoming more and more, like yourself just tapping into different sides it's like if you ever saw and this is such a niche movie but I loved it growing up if you ever saw I Heart Huckabees there is this sequence in the film where um I think it's like Jude Law's character speaking to these two shrinks I guess or like psychologists and they have this sequence where they're like why are you doing something 
that feels so fake, you know, like, why are you putting on this persona? Like, just be yourself. And he asks, well, how am I not myself? And they just keep going Mm. in this circle of like, how am I not myself? How am I not myself? And I think that's true. I think everything that you do, every new thing that you try on is still you. Like, how are you not yourself? It's just which parts of yourself do you choose Mm -hmm. to portray on the outside world? Like, even when you make bad choices, sometimes like, that is part of you, but you can make the choice. Like, I don't want that to be the lasting impression of me. Like there's so many other good things that I want to bring those things to the forefront more. And so it's not fake when you see people like do a 180. It's like, no, those things were there. I just hadn't made the choice or maybe hadn't invested the effort to make those pieces more prominent. Um, I, it's funny you said that movie. I actually have never seen it. Uh, even though we know, we love Jude Law. Um, and I'm pretty sure I borrowed a copy. Like, you may have owned the DVD, and I may have borrowed it from oh, you. I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Never watched it. Like, I – yeah, this this uh, memory just came up of, like, me having this movie in my living room but never watching it. And I'm assuming because I borrowed it from someone. Um, but that's <laughs> – it's Yeah, it's actually really good. It's If you look at it, the cast has, like – all these amazing stars in it, like Dustin Hoffman, Naomi Watts, Jude Law. Like, there are just a million A-listers, and yeah. it's great. <laughs> Very offbeat comedy. <laughs> and now I got to watch this movie. Um, but what you said about, like, why, like, how is this not me? It made me think about, I don't know, people, when when you do pivot or when – you start to show a side of you that you've had before. You're going through this reinvention. I feel like a lot of people have those comments of like, well, that's interesting. I never knew you were interested in that. And I don't – maybe sometimes it's it's meant negatively. Other times it may be just be a more like neutral just reaction. But I think it just goes to show how deep our layers go. And how many versions of ourselves exist in a lifetime and that we change and people evolve and that's sort of like okay for people to do the 180s and okay for people to go go through these reinventions and it's not, maybe most often than not, not people doing it for no other reason than continuing to discover themselves and figure out more things about themselves. And we talk about this often too, about just things being one note. And like a lot of people are not one note. (laughs) Like we are like a whole dang song where we go through ebbs and flows and some, we experience something and then it changes us and some, our minds change where it's malleable. Like it's, our brains are supposed to change um, and, and there's definitely like the fundamentals and like maybe the values that are forever like intact into who we are and some of those like forever character traits, I suppose. But this idea that, I don't know, people aren't allowed to like be something other than what other, another person's perspective is on you has been like, I don't know, it's kind of annoying, <laughs> one yeah you know like I definitely experienced some like oh I never realized like that was an interest to you and I'm like 
well, you know, can't we all be interested in many things instead of just one thing? Yeah. And honestly, I don't even know if I agree with you about forever character traits. I, I, I think anything is up for change. I think you can, it's just through practice, right? Like I might be born as like an inherently selfish person, for example, but if I want to be someone who's more generous and kind, I think if, and we talked about this in an earlier episode about like fake it till you make it. If I practice like being kind and being more giving, I think over time I can become a less selfish person. Like I, I don't, I don't like this idea that like, well, you were born this way or like, this is kind of like what you grew up with. And so that's just like how you're going to be forever. I, I, I actually firmly disagree with that. I mean, unfortunately it can go the other way. Like sometimes things can break those beautiful, sweet parts of you, but you can get it back. Like, I just, I just think we are all changing and we can kind of cement some of the positive changes we want through repetition and just investing the time to like keep practicing being more confident being more generous being more patient being more whatever it is you want to be being more athletic at the gym like just anything just like through most things like with practice you will get better at it so it's just really you just choose what you want to be and I think you can be it to a certain extent I think it's more of a choice. Like, I don't think, and I don't think that you're born a certain way. You're an extrovert and you're going to be an extrovert for the rest of your life. Like things change and things change you. But I do think that there are, and it's up to you. Like, I think there are things in my life and character traits and values that I have that I don't think have wavered because I've chosen to ensure that that doesn't waver me. You know what I mean? Like it's a... Like yeah, I, you I practice, practice that. It. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's more so like what I love about the idea of reinvention is just sort of the reminder of like the power and control you have over those things and like over your, um, I, maybe not over your circumstances, but perhaps like your reaction to and or your willingness or readiness to be open to change or to be stern in things that you don't want to change about yourself, even though things may try to break you or, you know, just life. <laughs> just, yeah. And it, and it's like you life said, coming at you. Yeah. Like you were talking about how like sometimes you get comments from people who see you making a change or reinvention and they kind of push back a little bit and I feel like that happens a lot. And I think a lot of that usually has not a lot to do with you and your change, but it's more Mm. the other person who's saying, I'm used to Renee being in my life in this capacity, or this is the Melissa that I know. And so when I see that person making changes, even if it's changes for the better, I can't remember where I heard this. I don't know if it was Nedra Glover Tawab, um, the author of our first book club, I can't remember if she did something on Instagram or if it was someone else, but they said, when you feel like your friends or people around you, like get mad about you making changes, it's usually because they are grieving that they have to lose 
the Renee they know because this new Renee is like a new person. And so they are losing a version of their friend. That doesn't mean that you can't maintain the friendship and it just looks different. But I mean, this is a really cheap example. But if I have a friend who the way that we spend time together is eating junk food, sitting on the couch and watching a movie, if that is our love language ritual and I decide I don't want to eat junk food anymore. I'm moving in this like fit health life, healthy lifestyle. Even if they love that for me, it's like I'm lose. They're losing that ritual. They're losing this way of interacting or like things that they can expect me to do and show up. And they don't know if this new person, like how that new person fits into their life. And so I think as like frustrating as it is to get like negative comments from people when you're trying to change, especially if you're trying to change for the better. Like I, after seeing that post on social media, it like helped me try and have a little more compassion that like what I'm hearing might sound like someone's like attacking me, but like they're also grieving as a result of my change. And so maybe I should just be a little more sensitive and compassionate to what they're going through as well. Yeah, I guess it depends for me on the type of reaction that they have. I think if it's it's hard, and, and this is just like a, a personal thing for me, like it's hard to show up compassionately if I know the comment is not led with compassion. And that's just something that like I have to, to work on. Um, but you bring up a really good point about how your change or like your reinvention affects and sort of like ripples into the people in your lives. And it makes me think a lot about too, just that visual of just like the, the different versions of you that exist like throughout your lifetime. And it makes me think of like your partnerships, your relationships, and the grieving of that and um, how sometimes because of the way that you've evolved or you've changed, like you may have to loosen the grip on some relationships, yeah. intimate, platonic, like all the above. And I just think now being in my 30s, I'm like understanding that now of like in your in your early 20s even – like your friend and Michelle Obama talked about this in her book, right. Of like just the types of friendships, like her daughters were having versus the types of friendships like she was having later in her life in her fifties. And I'm now experiencing that change of like, Oh, right. Like sometimes you're not with people for the rest of your life. Like it's sometimes there isn't a forever friendship and things and people like grow apart and it's just like a reminder that like our wants and needs change and I guess in the in our ideal world maybe in an ideal scenario like those changes that you're going through and the person that you evolve you're you're evolving into your partner happens to love and fall in love with each and every one of those versions. You know what I mean? Like that's how some people have been married forever. I'm not well, forever. You know what I mean? I've been married for a long yeah. time because of them just, I, you know, just falling in love with that person and that version again and again. 
Um, or they make and- the choice to stay with someone throughout those different versions. Even if they maybe liked a previous version a little more, they make the choice to let the relationship change Mm -hmm. to accommodate the change. And like love is nothing but a choice too, right? Like you have to choose choose your person every single day. And the same with like friendships of, you know, in recognition of like, oh, I see like – Renee doesn't fit into my vision of what our my version of quality time means. And so that relationship has to like sort of like go through an evolution. And it, it just made me think about endings differently um, with just how like, well, if I'm changing, I can't be mad if they're changing and that we've both changed and like these, these changed versions don't necessarily line up the way that they used to line up because of whatever situation or environment we were in before. Um, And so that's made me like rethink certain friendships or endings in relationships or friendships differently and not have, you know, maybe that like previous mid twenties, like chip on my shoulder. (laughs) It's like, you know, like we're all, we're, and I think like we're all mostly, hopefully like changing for the better and that's okay. And if anything, that should be expected and that should be like celebrated. For sure. I think, well, obviously if you want a book recommendation on endings, you know what book I'm going to recommend to you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> on my list. <laughs> Necessary Endings. I I don't think I can go more than three episodes without talking about this book because it is just, yes, endings happen. But I actually find that one of the ways that I help avoid endings, like putting a period on certain relationships, is when I really lean into people who also share that mindset that things change and that nothing is fixed. Because I feel like if you're in friendships or relationships with people who acknowledge that there are ebbs and flows, people are subject to change, our wants and needs change, then you're more likely to be with someone who recognizes, okay, this is the season we're in now. It doesn't mean Mm. I have to like end it. It just means like this is what being your friend looks like right now, or this is what being your lover or partner looks like right now. And it's it doesn't have to mean that it's over. It just means that things are going to look different than how they looked the previous few months, years, decades. That's a great point. Whatever. Like I actually had dinner with some friends last week and we actually sat there and we were talking about reinventions because like the people I was with, like we're into New Year's resolutions. We're always into growth, leveling up. Like th- that's just something that we all share as a passion point individually. And so as we were kind of just brainstorming and talking about, oh, these are the things I can't wait to do more of and lean more into in my life. And like, just, you know, these things that I guess to an outsider might feel like a reinvention, but for us, it's more here, all these things that have been bubbling beneath the surface that we just can't wait Mm. to blossom and like, you know, come through the soil. If you want like a visual of like blooming, I was like, Oh, what I love about these friends is that even as we're talking about different things, I know that this, this, these friendships are really strong because we're people who understand that life is about change. 
Whereas I think yeah. if you are in a bit of a fixed mindset, it gets easier to have that tension point, like you said, where it's, oh, Melissa, I didn't know you were into that. Or why are you doing these things as like a bit of a confrontation versus a question of, oh, I didn't know you were interested in that. Like, like let me discover more things about you. I think it, it really, the energy behind that sometimes maybe gives you an insight into how that person's mindset yes. is, if it's fixed or fluid. You said that beautifully. I like so many things that we talk about. I it's just like a Venn diagram where like things overlap, and this really yeah. is connected to having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, and the type of reaction you may get from somebody who has that, and their openness to something like reinventing, um, start you know, coming out with something. Um, I know I teased this <laughs> in earlier in the episode, but as I was thinking about reinvention, I was just thinking about like, I just started thinking about celebrities because there's so many people that we all know, A-list celebrities who have had some version of a reinvention. Um, And as I was sick last week, I started watching a show on Hulu called Pamela's Garden of Eden. And I am talking about Pamela Anderson. Love Um, her. (laughs) Yes. Love love her. (laughs) I, and to to be completely honest, like I don't know the most recent version of Pamela Anderson until last week. Like I knew like she had kids. Like I know, I know enough about her, but I didn't know how she's basically like just become this evolved empowering version of herself to this day to give you some context if you don't know Pamela Anderson you may know her from headlines related to her many marriages her marriage to Kid Rock to uh is it Tommy Lee yeah I forgot she was married to Kid Rock yeah Yeah, I remember Tommy Lee was the iconic one yes and she you know was a bit of like a sex icon back then, you know, like that was just sort of like the, the label that she had. Um, if you watch, yeah, she was like playboy or like a playmate. Yeah. 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 I think she, I think she owned it. I don't think it was placed on her. I think she like, I want to say she she maybe she leaned into it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure because I don't know. Cause like the media was like buck wild back then. (laughs) So and the way they like treated Britney, like who knows? Maybe opposed maybe to now, fine. where they're so nice. <laughs> We're no, still in the wild, wild west. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's still like a buck wild 4.0 over here. Um, actually, it's probably even worse. But her show is about this like six acres that she bought from her grandmother. It's been in her family, and she's like doing like designing it she's into gardening she's into canning pickling like she's just you know like a pioneer woman in the show um and it's just like if you I don't know for me like I hadn't followed Pamela Anderson and so my perception of her was this one way back in like the early 2000s versus the version of her now and it just made me like think about this idea of how she's 
how she's gone through this reinvention. But as we've talked about now, now in this episode, it's like it's reinvention, but it's something that she's always had within her. I mean, this land, like she was raised on these six, six acres. So it's always been a part of her, but now it just happens to be like the highlight. Like this is now what she wants, like the energy and the type of content and stuff that she wants to put out in the world. Um, and it makes me think of like so many other people who have had career pivots and, you know, like Jessica Alba when she was known as an actress and now she's um, with her honest company, Gwyneth Paltrow, which I know Renee loves and Goop. my girl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, even like Taylor Swift and her way of reinventing herself with every album and switching genres, you know, whether or not, whether you're a Swifty or not, just the idea and the way that she's allowed to like give herself permission to evolve. And, you know, I can speak as a fan of Taylor Swift and probably deemed myself like a Swifty of how she's been able to do that and still have the cult following (laughs) that she does, even though she basically reinvents herself every single album and every single time. Um, whether you agree with that or not, like she has done that successfully. Um, yeah. And so many stories of just like reinvention and, and definitely like in Hollywood and how people have done that. I mean, also like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> he was a body. I'm glad you mentioned. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say he was a bodybuilder turned actor turned governor. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger because a lot of the people I was thinking about, like, who've reinvented themselves, especially in the public eye, were women. Um, And I think it's just Mm. as women, we play so many different roles in our lives and we're, we're kind of expected to adapt more frequently, like, oh, maybe you are a daughter, you're a daughter, and then you're an independent woman I mean this is obviously not every single woman's trajectory um you like are in the workplace then you're a wife and a mother and a caretaker you know like you just kind of play so many of these roles and I think not to say that men don't but I don't know I just feel like we see more flexibility in how women show up for themselves or like a lot of men kind of fall into this is my identity and they kind of ride that wave until they die. I, th- I think that's actually one of the reasons why they say that a lot of men, their risk of dying goes up significantly in the first six months after they retire. Because I think once that identity of like the provider, the worker is gone, mm. it's hard for some men to to kind of find, figure out like what the next step is. So I'm glad that you mentioned Arnold, because obviously there are many men who are, you know, staying fluid, trying different things. Um We'll actually, we won't tell you what the book is yet, but our next book club book is actually by a man um, who has undergone some reinventions himself. So excited to share that next week. Um, I'm so excited to read this book. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's especially hard. I mean, it's hard to change your life on your own. I think it is especially hard in the public eye because like you mentioned, if you and me are getting comments from friends in our small circles, when, when you have all of these expectations as someone who lives more publicly 
to be a certain way and people feel mm-hmm. comfortable with you in a certain light. You know, you and I were talking before the podcast about entitlement and expectation and how, you know, how people feel entitled to a certain version of you. It's super hard to to say, hey, you know, that was who I was then and this is who I was now. And that's not to say that one version was fake. I kind of hate sometimes when people say, oh, that wasn't really me back then. Like, this is who I am now. That might be your truth. And I'm not saying that it's Mm. not true. But I also think it's okay to say, yeah, at that point in my life, I was really frivolous and shallow and into, into those things. And that, you know, that was my truth then. And I have evolved and this is me now. Like maybe Pamela did love running around in that red swimsuit on Baywatch. Like, (laughs) and there's nothing wrong if that was what, that was who she was. Like she's hot and young. She's allowed to lean into being a sex symbol. Like (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe now in her, I don't know how old she is in her sixties. I think I just assume everyone's in their sixties. I think so. (laughs) Or fifties. Yeah. Like like she's, allowed to want to hang up the bikini and do something else like (laughs) I I just think it takes a lot of bravery to do that because you are going to get pushback from people and it's your life like you don't have to Mm -hmm. explain it to anyone or feel like people are entitled to receive that same version of you until your dying day like Mm -hmm. you're you're allowed to be fresh, like just do something else. Um, I was thinking this as well with like, I was really into like the whole celebrity angle of reinvention. And I was just, this made me think about the idea of success and how many people Mm. have reinvented themselves to become successful. And like there, I have to, I think there was like a, um, it was a Forbes article I read about that of like, in order to continue to like stay relevant and or you know I'm looking at this now from like a business angle from like a success angle but in order for you to like stay successful you have to or stay relevant you have to be open to evolving and the idea of like reinventing um and this just like makes me think of like Taylor Swift of yes it was not to go, I'm not going to go deep into Taylor Swift history, A, because I don't know it, and B, we're not going to do that. But essentially, <laughs> when she, she switched from country to pop, that's when like her biggest reinvention, and I would say her most, like one of her most successful milestones really happened. And she became more successful on a grander scale because of her switch from country to pop. Um, So anyway, I was just like, that made me think about that too of, you know, the idea of not staying somewhere or or being so loyal and committed to this one piece of something and just being like open to it because it could actually like flip your business, flip your, your life upside down in the best way possible and lead you down like another path if that's something that you're interested in and want to do not saying like you're not like not true to yourself um so I don't want to say like don't go from country to hip-hop if you're like not into hip-hop like don't do that but I mean you're allowed to explore it if you want to though like you're allowed to test it out (laughs) I don't do it for the idea of like sorry like being financially successful if that's not what you're into 
Yeah. I think with like businesses, though, going back to like your business example, I don't think reinvention is necessarily just about, oh, let me do this because I could be even better. I think that's one thing. But I also think we've seen a lot of examples in businesses where a failure to reinvent is like a recipe for disaster. Like a failure to reinvent is mm. a recipe for just failure full stop. You know, like I think of companies like yeah. Xerox, like they were so good at like the printers, the scanning, it became a verb. Let me just Xerox this real quick. And they just felt stubborn in that we're good at this. We don't need to be tapping into these other devices and other technologies. And we saw that other companies that came up and were willing to lean into different spaces outperform them. Same mm-hmm. thing with Kodak. They were the original camera company. They weren't leaning into all the new things quick enough. They didn't want to reinvent. Where is Kodak now? Like, I, I think a lot of times too, even if you're great at one thing or you're really amazing in certain areas, I don't think it serves you to just be like, well, I'm good here. Like, <laughs> I don't have to do anything else. I think sometimes you like you have to keep swimming (laughs) yeah like you just have to keep moving because otherwise you could it could just be a problem we talked about this recently in our like specializing versus jack of all trades episode like I don't think it applies just in the workplace in the workplace you see it more obviously in the sense of hey you know like your skills aren't growing technology's moving but I think even in relationships like things get stale sometimes and people are like well I'm doing what we did at the beginning of the relationship and it's like okay but it's been 20 years (laughs) like we (laughs) have like we have to keep it fresh like we we have to introduce some new novelty new experiences new things like I think even outside of like traditional work staying the same that kind of stagnation Mm -hmm. isn't great it doesn't have to be a massive reinvention it doesn't have to go from one end of the spectrum to the opposite end but i i do think little reinventions little movements and improvements are are healthy one thousand percent <laughs> just one thousand percent like, all I'm of just... that yeah because i think to um the it's it's like the diversifying, right? Like on the business side of things, like diversifying your industry, like being open to innovations, like as we move into AI stuff, like, you know, just being aware of what's happening around the world and knowing that the world moves so fast and you've got to like move with it or be nimble. We talk about nimbleness a lot and like being agile and it totally works for like your personal life as well. As you move through life with a partner and as you move through life with groups of friends, your family, like by yourself, just like the willingness to be open to experiences. And I, I think I said this in the last, uh, our, our Jack of Trades episode about like the sea of sameness. Um, and I mean, our attention spans are so crazy short these days that it takes a lot for us to, I don't know, like get that adrenaline rush and like get that dopamine up. Um, and so, who, yeah, no one wants, no one wants stag, no one wants stagness, stagnantness. No one wants to be stagnant. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think, I was that. like, what is that word? Yeah. <laughs> 
no one wants to because there I mean it just sort of like closes you in as well um and it's it's yeah I like the idea of it doesn't need to be like this one huge like 180 reinvention but sort of allowing yourself and being open to evolving in small ways over time or um, and allowing the people around you to do so as well um, and finding that new rhythm with them and or like allowing people to change their minds. Um, yeah. You know, and I've seen I've seen relationships like persevere through it and end up becoming better because of it. Um, and so just kind of like being open to it. Um, and then if, you know, if people aren't so supportive of that, then, you know, we have seasons for a reason. <laughs> Didn't mean for that yeah. Even if it is like painful to kind of cut that cord, because I mean, you mentioned an important word earlier in this conversation of authenticity. I think it's really important to live your authentic life whether that Mm -hmm. is how you earn money who you choose to love um what values are important to you how you show up in the world whatever that means to you I think it's important to be authentic and sometimes it is hard to you know figure out what is authentic to you like going back to like music and celebrities I I really like the journey that we've seen with Miley Cyrus as someone who has tried many different things. She's experimented. Yeah. She's experimented in many different genres. She's caught a lot of flack for some of her choices that haven't landed well and have maybe been, you know, to some people questionable. And I, I, I appreciate anyone who goes, who makes missteps publicly. Um, And I like that she's been very vocal about, yeah, I was trying different things. She has that new song. I think it's because I was young. And it's like, Mm -hmm. even if you weren't young, even if you were 50, like we're all just trying to figure out what authentic is to us. And some people know that straight out the gate. And some people have to try different things. They have to make mistakes. They have to learn the hard way or the long way. And it's okay. I mean, there have definitely been moments in my life where I've been like, whoa, like, what is authentic to me? Like, have I been like code switching so much that I don't even remember what is my truth? You know, like, I think there's a skill Mm -hmm. in being a chameleon and being able to like, read the room, you know, match people's energy, like kind of you know, show up the way a a situation requires. And I think Michelle Obama talks about this in her book, like, but the downside to that, because that is a skill to like, know how to like move through different rooms is that sometimes you're like, well, what is my truth? Like, I'm so busy, like fitting in different spaces. Like what is my out loud with no one watching authenticity? And sometimes you have to figure that out by just like, crossing things off the list and being like, well, it's not that tried that. Mm. And it's not that. So I, I think, and not that anyone needs my permission, but if you do, like (laughs) you have a reminder that you have permission to fail and you have permission to make mistakes as you figure that out. Because when you find what feels authentic, I feel like it's just going to bring a level of peace that I think everyone deserves. (laughs) 
and it's worth the time to get there. Yes. Um, it, this, there's an article it's from masterclass. I'll share it in the show notes. And it talks about like, how do you reinvent yourself? Like, what are the steps to, to doing it? Um, you don't need to have a masterclass account to read the articles. And one of the first things that it says is, um, being honest. Like that's like the number one thing of like being honest with what interests you and being honest with like what doesn't. And if you're, you know what I mean? Like, are you willing to be a morning person for you to own a farm? Yes or no. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and just, it, it kind of goes through like some of the, those tools. Forbes asks, also tells you to like make a list of all the things that you've secretly wanted to do your whole life and start trimming and understanding like what feels authentic to you, like what feels like something that will put you in another arena, another mindset and, and open up some doors for you and change your perspective. Um, and then look, look to others and, and sort of understanding what, oh, I, do I really want to be an entrepreneur? Do I actually know what it's like? So speaking mm-hmm. to entrepreneurs and um, unromanticizing the idea of anything and getting to the nitty gritty of, of what it is and truly understanding what you want. And so it's, I mean, if we think about ourselves and we are that critical moment when we were 17 years old applying to college, if you went to college, and then if you're, if you went to college, that defining moment when you had to pick your major, we were so completely different people back then than we are now. And so just because you have a degree in it, it's okay to pivot if that's not something that feels authentic to you anymore. And I think it's actually more rare to find people who are still in the same field as they were with what they, with what degree they graduated in. Um, so anyway, that's sort of like my last like remaining thought around it. And I just love the idea of reinvention and, and I love your visual of like, there are, it's things that are like have been bubbling up and are present already and the idea of it just like allowing those things to bubble up and blossom and bloom you know yeah like I think I think if you have an idea in your mind and it feels kind of crazy and by crazy I mean like scary big not like terrifying (laughs) but like if you have like a crazy idea of like oh you know, like there was a video I saw that was like going viral on YouTube a couple months ago of this woman who quit her corporate, her like six figure corporate job to try and become a ballerina in her late twenties. And ballet is like such a physically demanding art. Um, it's more demanding than a lot of sports. It's a traditionally younger career because of what it puts your body through. Um, it's just really hard to start something like that in your late 20s. It's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, if you haven't been doing ballet since you were a kid, I don't know. And it's been so popular because she's doing what obviously she feels called to try and what so many people and like studies experts are like, you're too late to make it. But it's just, it's so nice to see someone try that. So I think if you, if an idea is in your head, I think it's there for a reason. And I think it's worth exploring and, you know, making adjustments. Maybe she won't be the head ballerina 
and like the New York City ballet, but maybe she can become a ballet teacher. Maybe she can do Mm -hmm. ballet as a hobby and still have performances for her loved ones. Like there's still ways to incorporate things in your life, even if statistics show Mm -hmm. like forget like fuck statistics, like just like (laughs) give, give it a try. Um, And yeah, just, if, if some if I think if you feel called to do something, it, it was placed in your mind for a reason. And mm-hmm. the worst thing would be to spend like years thinking, what if, what if, what if just I would love to live a life where like what if is not something on my mind on my deathbed. That is my hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my hope for everyone that like we're going to have a lot of questions at the end. Let that not be one of them. Like what if like I tried it and this is what happened. So that's the last thing I have to say. <laughs> I like that as well. And just like the, how it could be done at any age. Like I love seeing the stories of, you know, people who their kids have left their, the nest and they went back to school to get their degree in nursing because they wanted to, you know, and, 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 and like I've been following so many people now in their sixties um, and I, I, you know, 60s is like the new 30s, baby. Like, I just love this, like, reinvention of passion, um, especially in older women. And I love to see it. And I, I, I hope I age as gracefully as, like, some of these people I'm following. So that's I think what I'm Jane in. Fonda calls it, like, her third act. Like, if you divide oh, your life into yeah. threes, like, the 60s are kind of like the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning of your third act. Yes. And that you've got to, like, this is the climax. Like, you know, I love old people. So I, yeah. I, I lean into that. You have to tell me who you're following. Cause. Oh yeah, I will. I'll send you the, I'll send you them. And then like golden bachelor baby. So yeah, never too, never too, too late. <laughs> um, wow. Well, this week, what is your gold star? Okay, so my gold star is, I feel like I always give gold stars in like the beauty wellness arena, but I have something new in that arena. Um, It is called the Medicube HR Booster. So apparently it's a device that like Hailey Bieber uses, but separate from that, it is like a number one best-selling beauty device in South Korea, which is known for some of the best beauty innovation, Mm -hmm. like cutting edge, like technology and science. It's this handheld device that uses microcurrents. So it kind of vibrates to penetrate whatever product you put on your skin. It helps it get absorbed so much more than just like me using my fingers and like patting product in. So I tested it when I was in South Korea um, two months ago and I bought one over there and it is a game changer. Like people talk about having glass skin. You get glass skin within like one or two uses. Your skin mm. is so plump and glowing. And I you really feel like, ooh, like I'm actually absorbing all the product that I'm like spending money on putting on my face. It feels so good. You look so good. They're actually having a big like early sale right now where I think it's like 40 or 50% off online. So I will link the Medicube device in the show notes for anyone who wants to have a little mini splurge and get started on their holiday <laughs> shopping early. But I can tell you this thing is worth the hype. So if you're into skincare stuff and want 
to level up your device game, like an at-home device, this Medicube HR Booster, highly recommend. I just like the fact that it is helping you. You spend so much money on these products, for, you know, specifically skincare, and it just helps make those products like work. Yeah. And, you know, I hear a lot about skincare and just like making sure it gets absorbed and like there's a, a certain way you put on skincare because of that reason. Um, it's like a sponge. So you need to make sure your, your face is like still wet from your toner or else your, um, your face cream isn't going to like sit there properly and all this stuff <laughs> coming from the mouth of someone who does not know what she's talking about, but no, everything you like said was enough. accurate. It's winter. <laughs> you got, especially in winter, yeah. you got to take care of your skin. Like the elements are rough. Yeah. I suffer from dry, but not anymore. I've been better about my skincare game. Um, what's your gold star this week? It is related to shopping and black Friday and, and all that stuff. And, uh, this is very on brand for me. I swear I've been like a brand ambassador for them for years, but I'm actually going to give out gold stars to two things. One of them is Rakuten. If you don't know what Rakuten is, it is, um, like a cash back, um, company. And so if you add the extension into your Chrome or your internet browser and, or you can shop them through the app, let's say you go on uh, Warby Parker's website for glasses, you make sure your, your app is on, your extension is on and you get 2% back in cash back and they give you cash back in like interval. So I think every quarter you'll get money back. And like, so this week I totally forgot about all the things that I got cash back from and I got $10 and I think, which is to be honest with you, which is pretty low. Like normally, especially after holiday shopping, I've gotten upwards of like 75 bucks, a hundred. Oh my gosh. From like referrals. And then, then also just like the larger shopping that I might do. And it's like with all of like my favorite brands, like Cowpacks on there, um, clothing wise, like anthropology, like Nordstrom, like there's a lot of brands on there that you would be surprised that have cash back. And I'm also giving the second gold star to, to shop because that's an app that you probably already use when you're buying things off a website. Sometimes they'll say like buy with the shop app. And that's also a cash back tool. And so with every purchase you make with shop, it gives you back 1%. And I had $4 just sitting there and I used it for something that like I needed to buy or you could like boost it and then that $4 can become $40, can become $80 depending on the brands on the app. So love cash back, love Ooh. getting money. You have to spend money to get money, <laughs> but it's just like a nice because then you just like have this like fun. Mo- I call it my fun money. <laughs> yeah, I I'm a big fan of any kind of cash back, rewards, credit card points, anything that makes me feel like I'm getting more. Yeah. Like a more bang for my buck. I'm upset. It's like real girl math. Like the real <laughs> version. Like you you you're actually gaining money. Like it's real girl math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, what um, are you manifesting this week? Well, I almost said my manifestation early because of something you said about those mini changes. And so it's funny that you mentioned that when we were talking about reinvention and evolving, because my manifestation is small changes add to big changes over time. 
And I just felt like it, it's, when you think of change, it just feels so, so overwhelming. And to think about it a little bit more as like, it's just small changes every day, very much in the same vein as like we talked about with atomic habits. And so that's just like the reminder as we shift our mindset over and start thinking about reinvention, um, start small, start small. I like that. Think big, start small. That's a way of living right there. Think big, start small. Yeah, that's nice. Um, This week I am manifesting, it's a quote from a podcast that I like. I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I have on our social media for the healthy hoes. And on a recent episode, it's a young black married couple and they talk about like mindfulness and conscious living. And it's like their vibe. It's like very dope kickback, like really cool. Um, But on a recent episode, they said something. And so what I'm manifesting this week is don't be negative, but don't lie. I think sometimes whenever we feel, yeah, like whenever we feel pushed to answer a question that we maybe don't agree with something, people are like, well, in order to not be negative, I'm just going to lie and be like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, you look great. Yeah, that's fine. And it's like, how do we find that balance of like, let me not create like a negative space and really like make someone feel bad or you know, just like, don't Mm -hmm. be negative, but also like, be truthful. Because I think most people like we talked about it, honesty is important. There's ways to deliver honesty, (laughs) like there's tact Mm -hmm. and like ways to kind of manage that. But I I just like that as a guiding principle, like don't be negative, but don't lie. Like, how do I find the balance between that of like honoring my truth and also like doing that thoughtfully. So yeah. That's a good one. That's what I'm manifesting. I like yeah. how straight up, <laughs> straight up and like specific it is. You know what I mean? Like that's totally actionable. Yeah, like there's not a lot of philosophizing. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, keep it real. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Just keep it real. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, thank you all for being here. Thanks for listening in. If, um, if you're on your piloting journey, Um, I hope this episode helped you feel empowered about the power of reinvention. Yeah. And I wish you luck and courage on your journey. It's always takes a little bit of bravery to want to make changes and can't wait to see what your reinventions look like. And thanks for kind of riding with Melissa and I, as we slowly unravel what ours are looking like in real time (laughs) with you guys. Uh, very slowly very slowly (laughs) on my end well like you said think big small steps yes that's what you're manifesting small changes baby (laughs) small changes every day all right bye bye guys